What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. Today, we're back with me, Kathleen, and Alex to talk The Traitor's U.S. Episode 10, <laughs> titled The Weight of Deceit. Alex, I want to hear how you feel about The Traitor's penultimate episode of season two. What do you think? Uh, let's, we'll choose love and light, but I think <laughs> uh, it's the weakest one of the season, right? Like, I think... Yeah. I see this time and time again on these sort of reality game shows as a Love Island girl. We're always limping to the finish line. It's not even about the finish line on a show like that. You're like, it's about the journey. But for traders, it's obviously about the end. But I think we're in this sort of lull where what could you do, right? There's so many, only so many people left. There's only so many storylines to unfold, especially because more so than last season, they really have like a read on who at least, you know, one of these traders left was. So I think there's just not much to it and there's not much you can do about that. And that's totally fine. Again, it advanced the plot in a way, but it wasn't the most action packed of this series that we've seen. What if it's all about the friends we made along the way, Al? What if that's, that's what I was saying? That's what no, I was I'm saying. totally kidding. And <laughs> so just irrelevant news, relevant, but irrelevant. So this just in, Eck and Sue and Peter may be dating. So two things. One, Parvati had been saying in some interviews that there was a showmance that got cut from the series or the season. And I know some people have been saying Phaedra and CT, but that wasn't necessarily cut from the season, right? If they were going to dive their toe in, dip their toe in like they did with dive Phaedra toe and, and CT and Phaedra, then they would have just fully dove into it if they were like, you know, knocking boots. but. I think it is Ekansu and Peter, and the proof is that Peter's mom posted a picture with maybe the, Peter's sister. I actually don't know. I'm looking at this on a tweet, not at Instagram, so I can't see who this other girl is. But Ekans in it. And so the tweet is from, I'll, I'll shout him out, at Alostar. So Ekansu and Peter are together, and I had to find out from Barb, his mom's Instagram, hashtag Traders US, which is fabulous. I'm I'm cackling at it because especially because Ekansu and Davide have been doing that thing where they're like posting Instagram stories about the fact that they are fine, that they're breaking up and they're civil. And then recently there was some, I think they decided on a message, Amicable an exact split. messaging, yeah. and she diverted from it a little bit so then davide was like i don't know why we diverted for the message <laughs> it, it got a little it got a little messy but what are your thoughts on ekansu and peter before we dive into the episode because i think that's way more interesting <laughs> it really is especially coming from his mom who who is what notoriously like home to me peter it's like who that is that the message she gave when he went to scotland like bring someone home for me for you right. for me you know let's see where it goes i don't know that that man can handle her but we'll see. I my number one thought is hired these producers and editors because why the fuck didn't we get this content on season? I'm pissed. Like we kept saying a showmance would make this more fun. So take notes. Don't cut it out next time. Yeah. And this this leads us right into the episode because I have a couple of things to say about our fallen banished Peter. Um, as spoiled by Peacock, we learned that Peter, as we knew, was yeeted from the castle. Just as we suspected, I mean, that the editors really need to get their shit together. But I'm really interested in Peter post-season. I want to see him on the reunion. I want to see what he's learned from watching the show live. I want to see how he acts. Because I didn't watch his season of The Bachelor. 
I've only seen him on this. I want to hear him on a podcast. I haven't, and to admit, I have not been seeking this out, but I was just thinking about this today. I'm like, I want to hear how Peter's thinking post watching these episodes because Kevin had said last episode that he wishes Peter either faking it or truthfully chose like some sort of empathy to go again, to go at these people. He was, he was going balls to the wall the whole season and he played really, really well strategy wise, but then just you got to make friends in the show because there are traders just killing people off willy nilly. And if you're friends with them, they're less likely to kill you. Right. So I'm very interested how I end up feeling about Peter post reunion, post like listening to some supplemental content from from Peter. How, how about you? How do you feel about this Peter boot? What, like you want him to be like, wow, if only I didn't go too hard to all gas all the time or just just be interested to hear. I don't even need him to be apologetic. I don't need him to be anything. I I just want to see his thoughts after having seen the show. Like, I just want to know because I've heard Sandra on a podcast. I've heard a dot of Phaedra. I've seen Phaedra everywhere. Parvati, of course, I've heard. So I I just want to hear and Janelle, I've heard. So some other people I need to dive into. I've seen some clips of Dan, et cetera. I think Dan's well aware that he didn't um, play the best game he could have, but I want to hear about Peter because he had excellent gameplay and strategies. I think that some of the executions were, I don't know, just interesting choices and probably got him the boot, you know? Yeah. Well, again, he's a little busy right now, falling in love with a supermodel. So uh, an actress, (laughs) sorry, first and foremost, actress, actress, (laughs) <laughs> I guess like of course I've been saying I wanted Peter out this whole time in that whole group but I guess the way this current episode we're discussing ended it makes it pretty anticlimactic on top of the you know the never spoiler free preview trailers that were delivered and correct blasted all over the internet but I think just Peter's a lesson in yeah the social game is a massive part of this I mean look at look at Sari the season one winner Look at how far Phaedra got, even after Dan, like, kind of sowed some seeds of doubt amongst her. It's like the charming shit goes a long way. And Parvati, like we said, from what we could see, didn't have that out from day one. And she should have leaned into that more. I know she's a different person now than 10, 15 years ago on Survivor. But I still think the social aspect is the, the whole thing here. Other than, like maybe if they do more random killings and it's something to their strategy, it's like this season was a lot more the social dynamics and the numbers and the clicks that formed was like more the basis of decision-making than in season one, where the traders were constantly trying to cause chaos and throw people off the scent. They didn't really play it personally. They just played it strategy. And I feel like this was a lot more socially inclined, I guess. Yeah. And I also think that in season one, and I could just be making this up, but I think in season one, people who got banished and and the traitors that got banished, like there was a there was a lot of solid reasons to banish them that they were acting up. And that's exactly what they're doing in this, too. But I felt like last season there was solid evidence. Cody screwed himself. Christian screwed himself. They're so obvious. But Parvati, Dan and Phaedra, I think were just kind of acting sketchy. And, and Dan was acting the sketchiest. Parvey aligned with Dan. And then we don't really know why Phaedra was such an obvious uh, traitor to everyone. Cause I think that was left out of the edit. But anyway, I agree. I think this episode was still I, fun. It wasn't as exciting as usual. It, it can't be. It's getting to the end. They knew Phaedra was a traitor. So it was kind of like, 
we are thinking, okay, who could the second trader be? It was just a lot of conversation, not a lot of action, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I don't think they left Phaedra, them realizing Phaedra's a trader out of the edit. I think Trishel is very loud and very forceful. And I think she also has good logic. She has her notebook chock full, lest you forget about the fucking notebook. But yeah. I, once Dan sowed that seed of doubt, they had good points about how like Phaedra and Parvati have never once been worried about murder. They get nervous about the round table. Like there were small things. And again, I guess we don't we don't see and pick yeah. up for ourselves, but I don't doubt that they were spelled out. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think towards the end, I mean, not to jump around, I just feel like Pager sort of lost steam. Oh, she just, big time. She kind of started to go the Dan route when they when was it CT that was like, well, who do you think? Like she just couldn't give a single answer. It's like, don't yep. you lie awake at night plotting your next move like like people do in Survivor and everything? Like, aren't you doing chess in your head? Then that's how I know that you're. And I said this last episode, great TV, but not a good trader. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think why I said it wasn't in the edit, Phaedra being a traitor, like people realizing it is because people keep throwing out big, like hyperbolous statements that are like, oh, I knew she was a traitor from day one. It's like, OK, well, why? Like the, the <laughs> yeah. Trishel Dan thing was, y- yes, like thumbs up. That's a reason. The rest, you know, twitching, whatever. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. After listening to Sandra on some podcasts, she's like, I had Phaedra from early days written in my notebook. And I'm like, but why? It's just a gut feeling. I'm not sure. But maybe you're right. Maybe Phaedra was at least one that picked up steam in the middle because of that and then kept going. But but I got to tell you, Al, I love Kate, but I'm rooting for the faithfuls moving forward. Like I okay. already saw Suri win in an epic fashion in season one as a traitor. I am ready for the faithfuls to pull this out. I want to see what it's like. I want to see how they pull it out. I think the even though the penultimate wasn't as exciting as I hoped, I think the finale will be a banger for sure. Because they got to get Kate out. It's really going to be Kate versus Sandra. And in a Kate versus Sandra battle, who do you think is going to pull it out? Oh, my. I probably think Sandra, right? I want to think that. It'll depend who Kate kills, right? If there's one yeah. more murder. But... It would be dumb of her to murder Sandra if that's who she wants to kind of use as a human shield yeah. in this like final sort of situation. If Sandra can get to everyone and really make at least like CT feel like she's a faithful and she is, then yeah. she'll be in a better spot. But there's still a Bravo click. Like it even took the whole episode for them to come around to Phaedra being a traitor, right? Like yeah. MJ was still like, I just don't think it's Phaedra. And Sheree's like, I just, it can't be. And it's like, well, can it not be or you don't want it to be? And that group is going to be really hard to break up unless they're really ready to play now, you know? And But then there's like four of them splitting the pot. That sucks. But Mm -hmm. it's like after tax, after Uncle Sam. Yeah. That's jump change. (laughs) Uh, I would say I agree. I think Sandra's going to pull it out. It's tricky because I think they're thinking that there's only one trader left, which is true. There could be two. So say they do get Kate out at the next round table. She's a traitor. She gets banished. So now there's four people left and they think, okay, we won. But someone could get trigger happy at the at the circle and say, let's just get rid of Sandra and be sure. 
you know? So will Sandra be collateral damage because Kate is going to go super hard at her? It's like, why leave anybody in that could be right. a traitor? It's like dangerous. And like you said, split it four ways or split it three ways. Either It's not a ton of money either way, but it's more money if you split it three ways. So yeah, they're going to be gunning for each other. And that's, a dream because I need Sandra fighting for her life. I need Sandra. I think she's she's whip smart and she's so good at games. When she called Kate out at the end for being like, hey, I was wondering about that selfish comment. I'm like, yes, girl, like make her speak, make her talk. I love that because when it first happened at the round table, Kate was going hard at her and was like, I think you're more selfish than skillful, etc. And I was like, okay, this is making it seem like, yeah, why would another trader say that to another trader? And then I'm like, oh, is she going too hard in the opposite direction of out of nowhere to make Sandra be like, wait, why did you say that? Like, why? Right. Like, you why know? is it so personal for you all of a sudden? And exactly. That, that is, it's almost, yeah, too big of a move to go unnoticed if the right people are still there, which they clearly are, you know, with Sandra. Yes. Maybe even CT. I mean, these housewives, we didn't get a Love talking him. head, but they might also be like, Hmm, that was weird because you're looking there's less people now so everyone's kind of more under the microscope in focus and you're just like probably clocking every fucking breath and and thing that people say because you're getting down yeah. to the last day and there and you then have like space to kind of look at everyone more closely because there's less people to suss out so to speak you know what's funny is when kate votes Phaedra, the first thing she says is, I'm voting you because I can't stomach the thought of voting somebody else. And then earlier in the episode, a bunch of times, like when Sandra goes up to Kate, CT and MJ and is like, OK, well, if you want to wait to vote Phaedra out next, like who do you kill tonight? And they couldn't say anything. And it's just so crazy to me that MJ, Sheree, CT and Trishel are so obviously faithfuls that you literally can't even name them to someone else without them being like, mm, no. But it makes me think, sh should Phaedra have picked someone other than Kate? Because I guess they're thinking Kate is, is faithful too at this point. Like no one was pointing out Kate until the very end. Yeah. But it's like, say Phaedra did pick Sheree. Would anybody be wondering if Sheree was was a traitor? You know what I mean? It's like when you get recruited at the end, you can't be going off of the whole game. You have to be going off of since the recruitment. Could this be anyone else? Could they just be faking it this whole time and be a uh, CT is is, you know, a, a big teddy bear. Everyone's obsessed with him. He could have been recruited and then he takes yeah. all the money as a traitor and. You know, it just my brain is like so many what ifs if they chose someone other than Kate, who, you know, I think in general, it's going to I think it's going to be decently obvious that she's a traitor next episode. I mean, they, she came in late. I think it's almost like we might as well just try it for Kate anyway, because she came in midway. And who is she to win the money only coming in midway? You know, that's also true again. But I think these Bravo girlies wouldn't be so savage. But who's to say I could be wrong in that, you know? Yeah, I just got on a really rambling tangent. You were just really deep in there about Kate. So you don't want Kate to win is the TLDR. I love Kate. I think she's I know, great. But <laughs> I love her. I just think that I think it'd be more fun for me to see the Faithfuls win. I'm with you. We've gone down a few rabbit holes, but I want to talk about other fallen comrade, one that hurts my heart more. I want to talk about okay. the man, <laughs> the man of the floor, the man who 
ran out of words, I suppose, as they said, yep. <laughs> in the castle. You only get so many words in the castle. Um, R.I.P. to Johnny Boy. Speaker of the House, Speaker of the Castle. Um, <laughs> I, I'm glad he got to stay because he really picked up momentum by like midway with his little speeches. Um, and his little his little self running around. Yeah, he's such a, even when he got voted out and he was just like, he's such a little guy, like his hands in his lap, like <sighs> with a deep breath. I was like, he's such a little guy. Like, are, is his feet even touching the ground? <laughs> Maybe not. And we can relate as short gals. Exactly. We can relate to the short kings. So um, I the a lot of funny things came out of it. Mostly MJ's Botox comment. It's just so like, funny. All these people about each other's age are just so savage and it's so funny to me because they are all of like i'd say similar age you just you know again the work on their faces varies but yeah and jay's like no i don't even think he's that old it's just they don't get botox in the uk i'm like well no i again tune into love island girl <laughs> did you meet Ekansu? like what's happening yeah and i think the crazier moment here is ct being like man, I hope I can function like him when I'm older. And they're all like, how old do you think he is? Like, CT, I'm like, what is going on? I mean, I definitely thought he was older because I thought he retired from parliament. But that could also mean, like, you can't run anymore or no one wanted to vote you again. Like, again, I didn't really think that through, but he might not be as old as he seems. I'm Googling it right now. Please, please solve this mystery. Put some respect on his name. He's 61 years old. <laughs> CT, you bastard. He's probably not even, he's barely retired, okay? That's just so fucking funny because I was going for at least 71 in my mind. No, he's 61, folks. He just has asthma, okay? Back Sorry, off. Sorry, John. Sorry, John. It's my bad. Okay. Yes. <laughs> MJ made points. I think that Peter and John going home leaves only Trishel to kind of pick fights. Like when she storms up to the group outside. Oh my God. And, and is CT's like, giggling hey, can I, behind can the I join the exclusive group? But it's like, girl, you and your Peter pals have been the exclusive group locking people out of little meetings for episodes at a time. And then she's like, are you going to listen to reason now? It's so crazy. I'm like, Trishel, please take a beat. Take a beat. And <laughs> CT just lets her go. He's like, well, wait, I gotta go giggling. He's like running around little freaking guy. He's such a goof. I love him. I love him. I'm obsessed with CT. Oh, my God. That was a great moment just from, like, the pure hypocrisy from her, the pure unnecessary intensity radiating off her. And CT is in his little little marshmallow-ass bundle-up <laughs> outfit, and he's just giggling behind the column at them. And I was like, this is, this is silly now, and we're having fun again. You know, this is just goofy. But, yeah, it, that is a moment that needed to be discussed because the glass house just shattered from that stone she threw but who knows maybe this will be her last night so she had to go out guns blazing as she said yeah i mean before we leave ct i just want to say that him as the bachelor in the house was cracking me up everyone loves him he is the most liked and beloved person in that house i feel right yes they could have like pivoted this show to him dating these people for the next i would watch like five more episodes i would I join really the would. cast I would, yeah, sign us up. <laughs> so last episode, Kevin had mentioned that CT was kind of initiating a breakup with Phaedra by voting for her. And 
she he is so beloved that even Phaedra didn't care that he voted for her. She was just like, you know what? That's fine. All's fair in love and war, she said. Oh, I love that. I love that. By the end, she was, you know, fizzling. But in the turret, there was still heat when they were voting off John. Kate and Phaedra in the turret is electric. You got to give it to them. It's fucking yeah. electric. They were pure shit talking mode. They were like, this motherfucking guy won't stop talking like at all. They were just like, (laughs) they were just trading like barbs about him. Just like how annoyed they were at him. And they're like, let's just do this. Bye bye now. Um, Do you think it mattered that they picked John or Peter Powell? Like, what are your thoughts? Was that the right move? Or do you think no matter what, like Phaedra's fate was sealed? What do you think? The thought is this. If you don't kill a Peter pal, you're just keeping around people that want you out. They're going to vote for you. But they turned everyone anyway. So her fate was sealed no matter what, because she went the quote unquote safer route. But that actually incriminated her more. So I think. Honestly, this the more ballsy, but even maybe safer route would have been to kill someone like MJ or Sandra or someone who is not. MJ MJ was on the fence. I know, but like I'm thinking like the people last season and if you think like a winner like Sari, you didn't fucking care. Like they were your friend, but like you had to do the thing. And yeah. I just think that was what was missing from the jump, right? Look at what set the traders into like the the disadvantage, right? Dan being like I got to get Bergie out or whoever and he missed yeah. because they had the shield. These people were purely operating from social and like I got to retaliate, which is like, no, that's the number one way you spell out that. Yes, you are the traitor. You went for the person who who is going against you. So I don't think they played as strategic or as bold of a game in that way, in my opinion. And it's fine. Yeah. This has still been great television. It's just that's the difference I'm seeing between this season and last season. And I'm saying if you kill a Peter Powell, which they did, they killed John. Phaedra didn't learn from Dan's mistakes. And this is something you had said earlier. No one is planning, no one trader-wise, is planning who they're going to call out. Who's their next move? If I say this sentence and someone says, well, who do you think it is? You got to have someone to say. So many times in this episode this happened. Phaedra at breakfast needed to be the one to say, oh, well, they killed John. That means they're targeting me. They want me to look like a traitor. You need to be able to say... Right. You got to shoot that shot. Yeah. You got to get ahead kinda of It's kind of pointless, this. but say something. When the breakfast was happening and CT looked at her and was like, well, who do you think who do you think it could be? Say somebody. There's only three names. Just say one. And when they right. asked Spadra if Kate was a traitor or faithful and she that's the only answer she had that like incriminates Kate almost when she said, I think she's a faithful because she's saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know about everything else. But then you know what this one thing is what you know. It's like, hmm. Yeah, you can't hmm. like pick one thing to say. That's crazy. Yeah. Not the best gameplay. I didn't think that she was the TV, but I, I'm sorry to say, Phaedra. I just think even it was just a, a slow fizzle out. I wanted a kaboom, you know? I wanted mm-hmm. more from her on the way out. I wanted more from her in her exit speech i you know i just she seemed tired like she said in the end it was it was it was very true and you know the name of the episode title like i said before we started it's the only aptly named episode title from what i could tell the weight of deceit and obviously she's just over it and maybe she'll say this in interviews 
part of me thinks on the rewatch, I think she just started to feel really bad about having to lie to Sheree and like didn't want to do it anymore. And I think that warms my heart. I know it's a game, but I think she took that seriously and was like, I can't say I'm a traitor, but I'm just going to kind of shrug and, 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 and let this current sweep me away because I think she just didn't want to do that to her friendship. And that kind of was very sweet to me. <laughs> I completely agree. My note is that the emotional beats between Sheree and Phaedra were really hitting for me. When Sheree was tearing up at the round table voting for her and she's like, I'm not going to get emotional. I was like, I'm getting emotional. I'm obsessed. And the funniest part is <laughs> she keeps doing all these talking heads that are like, you know, uh, I'm a loyal person. At Phaedra, I know she's loyal, like all these things. And then we saw that clip on Twitter uh, from back in the day of Phaedra being like pregnant. And she she's like, yeah, I'm having the baby at six months. And they're all like six months. Oh, my God. It's such a funny clip. I've never seen anything from Atlanta. And I was fucking cackling. It's so funny. I literally was like, am I about to start Atlanta from the beginning? Because what the fuck? This is so funny. You are ready to tune in. All of a sudden, Sheree is your favorite. Sheree was really gorgeous this episode. I just couldn't stop looking at her. (laughs) Let's quickly talk about Sheree and MJ because these are two people we have spoken about how they've barely had any screen time that at least in a strategic way, they've had some like goofy moments, a lot of uh, Twitter time, but not much in the episode time. And I really was enjoying Sheree and MJ in these talking heads. MJ was really having a, a crisis of conscience in this. She did not want to vote for her girl, but she was like, I am, I don't know what to do. It's got to be Phaedra. I don't want to vote for her. And same with Sheree. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. What'd you think? I agree. MJ like really brings a flair for drama, like almost maybe rivaling Trishel. Like they're bringing the tears. They're bringing the like sentiment that this is life altering and yeah. just pure devastation or pure joy. And it makes me laugh. So, you know, I'm always here for someone who's a little hyperbolic. Um, can relate. Trishel, when John get voted off, had like dotted one corner of her eye and was like, I'm and then a talking him was like, I'm just devastated that he got killed last night. It's <laughs> so funny. Like the two of them. They were having like a drama off in the talking heads. I love it. I thought it was great. I would be thrilled with really anybody. I gotta say, if I had to pick someone to get killed um by the next by kate i would say trishel unfortunately sorry girl but i think that the rest between mj ct sheree sandra meaning like kate gets banished if any of those four win excellent ending just fabulous i'm so i'd be so 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 happy with any of those four winning no matter how it goes down i would i actually wouldn't even mind some like people throwing in a red rock or whatever the hell it is to to vote out some more faithfuls just to take more hun- money home you know absolutely yeah i think we completely glazed over the challenge as we kind of do yeah speaking of money watching it but i do want to talk about that because this is another one where i'm like who tested this and did you test it for people of all ages because frankly the people on this show are probably predominantly are they not all 40 plus at this point late 30s they are to like Right. Like, so I'm just thinking John would have died if he did this challenge. I wrote <laughs> like at the bottom of that. River. Like conked his head and then somebody would have had to do CPR. Like it would not have been good. And it was just them failing for the whole time again. And then, of course, though, 
the challenge people pulled out the challenge. This yeah. was this was up their alley. This is their element. Like Trishel and CT were absolutely dominating once they got in a rhythm. But uh yeah, that was a very big Trishel and CT moment. And then yeah. I think MJ had her little moment as well with the shield. <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of corners on those lily pad things. I was like, people are going to get their head pierced for sure. I don't even think I could do it. I'll be honest with you. I'm just looking at this. I'm thinking, Jesus, this is a little too hard. At some point, Phaedra said like, oh, Trishel has long legs, which actually is a really big advantage because jumping. Yeah, you're jumping, but you're on uneven ground. So you can't jump like you're on the ground like you're jumping you need the long legs so i think that's why yeah. ct and trishel were were uh doing it because because sandra's short kate's little freaking phaedra short like these people are all little people with short right. legs no, it, it required some yeah having like not wingspan but whatever good stride right it was, yeah because then you're not really jumping and waiting for it to settle and then trying to get because you kind of need a means to sort of like get keep momentum or launch yourself and these things were not stable so it was a very hard challenge i was up there with that crossbow so i think another note would be to just test these challenges out on an age-appropriate group and just like make sure they can complete them i don't know yeah see i agree but then again i'm like they did finish the challenge so i don't want them to get any easier to the point of last year when they're just doing like the bird call challenge was appropriate this year for all ages and shapes and sizes. And that was fun. But some of the stuff last year, like when they were doing those chimes or whatever the hell in the church, I'm like, I don't fucking care about that. Like certain things that are quote unquote easier. I don't, it's not fun to watch. So they have to strike a good balance. I don't want it to get, it, it was really funny to watch them eat shit. I think this one was funner to watch than the bow and arrow one or whatever the hell from last episode, because that one I zipped through on my rewatch. This one I considered watching again. Cause I'm like, it was funny watching people just eat shit that it, at right. least it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. The watching people miss arrows is so boring. So I think they need, um, a uh what do they call that a uh what do they call that on survivor like a challenge i'm trying to think of what jeff calls them i don't know they're they're game creator game whatever they need to get to work i think a little bit more too challenge masters or whatever yeah, yeah maybe it's game game master i was thinking of the people who make escape rooms like challenge masters and stuff or yeah game, game masters that's what it is game so, master yeah either way no i Again, sorry to people if they think we're negative. I just, this show is very exciting, but it's also like in its infancy. And I think that it could be fucking incredible. So, yeah, I'm not saying we have all the answers, but I've seen a lot of good opinions out there on Twitter too about future casts, like other things that could be improved. And I think this show has nowhere to go but up. You know what I mean? I'm, Mm -hmm. and I think though we're probably a little more critical because that's the whole point of like sort of podcasting on it, right? I'm not just here to, recap it for you and you fall totally. asleep to the sound of my voice. I don't know who could or would, but Me. besides you, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just, you know, you get a little more critical, not in a negative sense, but you're just like, you're really assessing everything as you kind of watch through this lens. And it's an interesting way to watch TV. I always have fun doing that with you. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but just to wrap up the challenge, I love the MJ did. I thought that was really well-deserved, heartwarming, great. I also noted that Kate just has way more friends this season than she did last season. She ended up in the final episodes like being friendly with Andy and Suri and everybody. But I will say it 
it's nice to see Kate just like joking around with like Sheree and MJ and seven people cackling at her during the challenge and laughing and giggling and her feeling more at home because they speak, even though she came in halfway, these people speak her language more as like last season, Brandy got the boot immediately. So it was like, okay, well, what yeah. do I do now? It was like the Shah of Sunset guy got booted first and then Brandy got bo- booted like third and then everyone just thought Kate was a traitor the whole time. So it's nice yeah. to see one. She's playing a decent game, I think. I think like putting Sandra up is a good strategy. I think earlier in the episode, she said at the breakfast table, she's like, all right, so how, how many traders do we think are left? Like she's bringing up conversation, which the other traders were not doing. So I think she's doing good. She has friends. Um, I'm, I'm not necessarily rooting for her to win, but I love watching her on stuff. I think speaking of the way she was last season, that was another thing I thought of in relation to Phaedra particularly. It's like another way you could play this is you know people would not let go of the idea that kate was a traitor so she just fucking gave up she yeah. gave up in a way that was sooner than fader doing this kind of hands up like you got me thing and it was like fuck you then it was like defiant it was like yeah. all right well if you're gonna be like that then i'm gonna physically throw money away in this challenge like i think there are other ways to play this and maybe when you're an actual traitor you just get so like frozen in in not knowing what's the right way to play it so you know again it's easier to watch and say these things but something to maybe think about for people in future seasons you know kate absolutely just hit a wall with the way people wouldn't let go of it being hurt and it never got her voted out like it that kind of saved her i think because it would just like it, it just kind of i think helped remove her a bit from the situation and then find ways to shift the target onto other people like she was playing the game you know yeah. back against the wall even though she was a faithful yeah it's definitely a strategy right <laughs> you never know how people are going to react to how how you are playing in a game like this it's all about who you're playing with what the day brings this game is you could get voted out banished killed for the stupidest little thing and for no reason at all or for the biggest reason ever that's the beauty of the traders and none of it makes sense. You can't plan for everything. It's not Survivor. Even Survivor, I would say, is unpredictable because of all the people. But Traders is even more fucking unpredictable because it's just willy-nilly. You get killed in the middle of the night and then you're out of the game. Right. Right. It's not all voting. It's not all interpersonal. Some of it's just absolutely random at the mercy of the Traders. Yeah. Like, imagine if they didn't decide to kill Johnny Bananas from the top and Johnny Bananas was in this game with CT. Like, it could have changed the entire game. Yeah. Absolutely. He could have got recruited. Who's this? Exactly. Say? But okay, moving forward, a couple quick things. I absolutely loved the shot of Sandra Sheree and Trishel looking through the window from like the lunch table, breakfast <laughs> table at Kate, MJ, and CT strategizing. And it, the shot of them looking through a window at other people felt so new to me. Because I'm like, traders feels like set up a lot. They're framing a shot they're setting a shot and they're sitting on couches and they're talking but this felt like they were being watched and they didn't know they were being watched and then they were talking and then sandra's like i'm gonna go out there i just loved that for some reason i don't know what why that tickled me so much but even on the rewatch i was like i fucking love this no it's definitely fun i think it feels usually more closed off people are in specific rooms Yes, yes, people yes. out of rooms in the other room like i feel like i know three rooms and i know the porch that they've sat on in season one as well and then down those steps kind of where that chessboard is 
those are peppered in versus everyone. It's almost like the game of Clue. I think about it sometimes, right? Like they're meeting in the library. They're meeting in the armory. Like they're meeting in the I love that. banquet hall and the kitchen. Like I just, that's kind of how it feels. Um, but so I agree this kind of playing with both worlds or more than one setting in, in one scene was refreshing to be sure. Agreed. So now we're at the round table. Let's just let it rip. What do you think about the round table? Everyone voting for Phaedra, the conversations beforehand, anything we haven't talked about? I don't think so. I guess I was maybe a little surprised that all the housewives or the Bravo people did turn, right? I think for Kate, that's you must really be able to read the room because you're going to go against your fellow trader. You got to have the numbers and you want to be on the right side of the numbers. And um, it's still early days for Kate, right? It's been like 48 hours maybe for being yeah. a trader. So, and I, I really couldn't tell sure I would get it together for that. So I don't think I had a doubt that the numbers would be there to get rid of Phaedra. I just mm-hmm. wasn't sure that they would all also hop on board, which I think is better for them to show that they're faithful, right? It kind of, you had to do it, at least from my perspective. You know, I think this was Phaedra's time. She wasn't going to win. There's no way they were letting Phaedra stay. So it's okay by me to get her out. I mean, there's only one episode without her and then we'll be at the reunion. So it's really okay. Um, My favorite part was CT looking at her with those puppy dog eyes, like she hung the fucking moon being like, I think you're the best trader we've seen yet. I think you came into this game like as a trader, as the opposite of how you are in real life. And I was like, this fucking guy has all the riz in the world. This guy, I'm obsessed, but he is seriously looking at her like <laughs> so in love. Like those I, eyes. Love. I hope there's multiple showmances. I would love that. I don't even know how those two would actually be. Work. But I, if she might be married, she's married to medicine, I thought. But I don't know. I don't keep tabs. Um, but wow, they were the best. That's Catful Daddy and his and his girl. Beautiful. It's gorgeous. He looks at her like she's the belle of the damn ball. And she is. So And she is. I love she that was. unlikely pairing. It's incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. I wonder what's the age gap between them? How, how old did we say Phaedra was? Phaedra Parks is her name, right? I think so. Major Parks is 50 and CT's got to be like 43, right? CT challenge. He's 43. Okay. So it's only seven years difference. That's that's good. That's great. Even rock. Ready to rock. All right. So final thoughts leading into the finale. We talked about Kate and Sandra. I think that's really going to be the showdown of the finale. I do yeah. believe, if I had to guess, that Kate will be banished. And then I think it'll be, okay, are we keeping Sandra? Are we booting her? What's the deal? What do you think? What are your final thoughts? I agree. You know, there was a moment there where I think Kate almost had them thanking Sandra and keep Phaedra for the finale. And again, I think that could have been a good strategy for the faithfuls to just definitely know someone in the end. But I, yeah, I think I don't really know who else would that anyone would even point to at this point. So it's a matter of can they suss out Kate and then will Sandra go first or will they also be like, this is too risky. You got to go too. And it's also going to matter who they kill, really, if there is a murder. I feel like there is probably is, but it was not 100% clear to me. I think so, for sure. Yeah. So I think that won't significantly change it, but it could, again, shake up the numbers for whoever gets to be standing there when they close out the sort of voting of it all. Yeah, I'm excited. I think 
it'll be good. It'll be fun. This has been such a fun ride. I can't believe it's been 10 weeks. I guess it hasn't been because the first three dropped at once, maybe seven weeks or whatever. Man, what a time to be alive. That Traders season two has been such a phenomenon. And now we're moving straight into Survivor 46. So again, if you guys are listening on the Traders feed and you want to get into our Survivor coverage, I will be dropping them on this feed. But Bingetown is our main feed, Bingetown TV. And we are covering all kinds of stuff. Right now we're doing Shogun and Traders and Masters of the Air, a True Detective, etc. Basically, any big popular show, we have covered it and will cover it. So it's me and six other guys. So we cover all different kinds of stuff. You'll hear all different voices. I'm not on all of them, but they're all excellent and they're the best boys. So uh, go listen if you want. Go subscribe. You'll never miss an episode. And me and Alex and most likely Kevin will be back for season finale. <laughs> oh, the Traders U.S. season two. And we'll see who is crowned and gets the the little baby checks uh, for for 250K. It's the little loot. Who gets their $82,000 check pre-tax? <laughs> I'm going to say absolutely pre-tax. Uh, absolutely they even pre-tax. Rack it all up in the last challenge, right? Isn't that always They're gonna. Like a question? Mark? I know. It's not real. <laughs> These challenges but aren't real. If someone knows the the money total they have right now, I know um, Andy, Andy Cohen. Um, I know Alan says it every episode, but I would like to know if anyone knows what is the dollar amount they could have won and what do they have in the bucket before going into. So if you can join our Discord, it's in the bio of this episode you're listening to on whatever platform. Let us know if you know that. We are Binge Town TV. Thanks for coming on, Alex. I love you to death. Happy birthday in Thank two you. days. And thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.